Talks on Psychoanalysis shares topics published in the IPA Society Journals and Congress Debates Worldwide, brought to you in the voices of the original authors. We hope this window will allow you to experience the depth and breadth of psychoanalytic thought around the world. This podcast has been created by Gaetano Pellegrini and edited by Gaetano Pellegrini and Andy Cohen. Introduction read by Andy Cohen. To stay informed about the latest podcast releases, please sign up today. In this episode, we hear from Leopoldo Bleguer. The first version of this paper was read at the Extraordinary Symposium of the EPF, the European Federation, in November of 2017. This symposium was organized to discuss the change of the number of sessions for the analyses conducted by candidates, change that had been voted in by the IPA in July of 2017. This decision had been strongly resisted by many European societies. This paper was then published a second time in a book edited by Alberto Cabral and Abel Feinstein on training analyses debates in 2019. Leopoldo Bleguer left Argentina in 1976, where he was training as a medical doctor and psychiatrist. He has since been living in Paris, where he is a training analyst at the French Association, Association Psychoanalytique de France. He has published several papers on the work of Melanie Klein, on the psychoanalysis in the area of Rio de la Plata, the river between Argentina and Uruguay, and on problems of methodology in psychoanalysis. He is a member of the EPF, European Psychoanalytic Federation, at the Working Party on Specificity of the Psychoanalytic Treatment Today. He has been the General Secretary of the European Federation between 2012 and 2016 and the President of his Society between 2017 and 2019. I do not like the word training that we usually use to translate the German word Bildung, or rather Ausbildung. I will use a neologism in English, the word formation. I will come back to this later. Instead of trying to present in 10 minutes how the formation in my society works, my society is the French Association, presentation that exists in different papers, I would like to question two points that concern the formation of psychoanalysts. First, the question of the model and the problem of the ideal, then some aspects of the transference in the formation. This separation is mainly didactic. The two teams intersect, are intermingled. But first, a more general comment on the debate. Despite our psychoanalytic experience, we continue, so it seems, to believe that there is one good way to form psychoanalysts. The ideal pushes pushes us towards an ideologization of the discussion. We no longer listen to the arguments. We no longer seek to think about. We oppose two visions in a rather Manichaean way, the good ones against the less good ones, sometimes even the worst ones. At times, the discussion seems distressing to me. Small consolation, we disagree. We are far from homogenization, from a unique discourse. But I'm surprised by our mutual ignorance. Many of my colleagues in France do not know the so-called Eitingon model, or in a rather caricatural way, holding to some aspects that shock them. 
The fact, for instance, that until recently, the Institute designated the analyst of a candidate, forgetting that it was also the case in France. On the other hand, and this formulation bothers me, are there two opposing bands. Anyhow, on the other hand, the length of the formation is pointed out in my society without taking into account, among other things, the particular status of the analysts' information, mainly their participation in the scientific life of the French Association. So we should not believe what we say. For instance, Otto Kernberg, who writes that the training analyst system exists anyhow in my society, but in a hidden way. Why such a distrust? Do we lie so frequently? While listening to the presentation of the Swedish society's functioning in one of the forum on educations of the European Federation, the Swedish society uses the model called Eitingon, I was struck by the fact that almost all the elements of the formation device are interdependent. The analysis of the candidate takes place at the same time or almost as supervisions and seminars in a relatively short time, five or six years on average. Group functioning prevails. One word came to describe the whole, that of immersion. The candidate is immersed in a formation. The course is well marked. The conjunction of its different aspects potentiates the whole with a great power of psychic mobilization. This is perhaps what this model aims at, a very strong psychic mobilization that allows an experience of the unconscious. I do not want to talk about models. The world is too normative, nor compare them. I do not think we can compare point by point. We can try to grasp what underpins and inspires each one. I am struck by a kind of obviousness that imposes itself in our choices. What was so obvious when it was up to the training analyst to authorize the candidate to start the seminars or to take a patient for supervision? What became so obvious a few years later when the candidate's analyst did not intervene in any way in the curriculum of the candidate? It is not a matter of making a caricature of the change of position of reporting, very assertive until a few years ago, as affirmed as the one of not reporting nowadays. I believe rather that the two evidences, the two obviousness, bring into play different logics. But let's come to the model and the ideal. According to the dictionary, a model is a thing or a person who by virtue of its characteristics or qualities, can serve as a reference for imitation or reproduction. To take someone as a model, to take a model on something, is to consider them as an ideal to imitate. Of course, this is not the only possible meaning of the word model. It also refers to the reproduction of an object on a small scale or, in a more noble sense, a theoretical construction that can explain structures, such as models in mathematics. But it is the sense of example to follow that prevails when it comes to formation. The ideal is a constitutive part of the individual sisha and that of groups. 
an axis around which the individual and the group intertwine. The ideal of formation is closely linked to the narcissism of the analyst. So how would it be possible not to be suspicious of the ideal, of any ideal? The narcissistic root of the ideal, that means libidinal, is revealed in particular in its persecutory nature, particularly because of the tendency of the ideal to erase or lessen tensions and contradictions. It is precisely here in the fight against contradictions that the ideal is one of the pivotal points of our institutional life. Rather than trying to clarify the questions aroused by the formation, aroused by the formation, it is rather a matter of showing their complexity and entanglement. Instead of trying to come up with clear and precise criteria, I wonder about the very idea of criteria. To think in terms of variations upon a single model risks allowing the real issues to become obscured by purely formal or, at best, descriptive questions. In the French Association, the question of formation is always a theme of sharp discussion. To suppose that there exists an ideal and definitive model of formation runs counter to what we want to transmit in the analytic formation, the fundamentally conflictual or conflictive nature of this issue, as manifested par excellence in the phenomena of transference. Rather than aiming to create an analytic identity, the formation should facilitate the mobilization of the identifications and of the conflicts between them as the real instrument of the analytic practice. But the difficulty of our debate is probably much more radical. It holds rather to different conceptions of psychoanalysis. Do we still share, all of us, the idea of the determining role of conflict in psychic life? It seems that for many of today's psychoanalysts, the essential task of analytic work is the integration of different aspects of the self. The key word is no longer conflict, but integration. Making psychic conflict one of the essential stakes of formation may surprise many colleagues who are more accustomed to think in terms of the integration of split parts of the self. In any case, it allows me to understand a little better why many colleagues think that the aim of formation is the creation of a psychoanalyst identity, idea which extends into another psychoanalysis as a profession. Those who advocate this identity believe that they, they can overcome some difficulties of formation through the idea of acquisition of certain skills. So, from my point of view, to think in terms of an, of an idea of formation is in contradiction with what psychoanalytic formation aims at. With the formation, we are, I believe, caught in a field of tensions that many authors have highlighted different types of tensions and contradictions. Some are of a general nature, such as the contradiction between institutional issues and specifically psychoanalytical issues, or between individual initiatives and institutional regulation. These are contradictions of a general nature, but whose impact is constant and major. On another level, there is a tension between the use of the regressive capacities of analyst information 
and the risk that it turns to infantilization. Training inevitably leads to infantilization. I do not think we can avoid it. Infantilization brings into play, among others, the question of authority and subvention. And these are important issues in the formation of every psychoanalyst. It seems difficult to get used to the idea that these tensions and contradictions are at the heart of the formation of a psychoanalyst. In fact, not only are they inevitable, but certainly necessary. Part of what the formation aims to convey is perhaps the I do not like the term transmission, which is very often used in France, but for once it has quite its place. I come to the second aspect that I wanted to address, some issues on transference. I've already said it, I have separated a little artificially the, the two points, ideal and transference. We can consider the formation of psychoanalysis from a sociological, historical, and even anthropological point of view. Does it make sense to want to consider formation from a psychoanalytic point of view? If this is the case, then we should start from transference. I said I do not like the word training. It sounds a little bit like training sport or domestication of animals. The German word used since Freud is Bildung, or rather Ausbildung, the same term used to designate all compromise formations starting with the symptoms. The formation of the psychoanalyst is, is also a kind of compromise formation, to the point that Victor Smirnov and Edmundo Gomez Mango, two analysts from the French Association, suggested there is a formation neurosis. A bit like the novels of formation, the Bildungsroman, like Goethe's Wilhelm Meister, where a hero must make his way, a path where mistakes are wandering, are an important part of learning. The question of formation is intimately linked to that of transference. It is transference that opens the possibility for real experience of the unconscious. In other words, the formation course must avoid anything that could close or deflect this driving force. The best, or rather the worst, example of this closure is the way in which teaching takes place in some of our institutes. The peculiarity of the practice and theory of psychoanalysis means that one, one, one cannot proceed as with any other teaching. Freud came back to this question insistently. Teaching should not close the productivity of the transference, consolidating itself in a posi position of knowledge. It is not the teaching of a knowledge like in the university, nor a know-how like in the craft industry. The university teaching of psychoanalysis can easily encourage resistance to the unconscious by the constitution of a discourse without any real psychic impact. Freud said it in a text in a paper that is directly related to the construction of the first formational model in Berlin. At the university, he says, we can teach something about psychoanalysis. We can learn something from psychoanalysis, but not psychoanalysis itself. The organization of formation according to a formalized modality is the consequence of a growing demand after the First World War. Moreover, this is the reason why Freud decided to reduce the number of sessions from six to five per week, as the demand of Americans had become quite important. 
But nowadays, if like in my association, the French association, one wants to emphasize the freedom of the analyst information in his course, we must recognize that this is a very difficult freedom, precisely because of transference or rather transferences. It is a freedom that leaves analyst information more directly grappling with the transferential field of the institution and its own transferential issues. Transference is certainly not very free and above all not at all democratic, but it is at the heart of the formation of the psychoanalyst. For me, this word freedom sounds somehow false. They, the analyst information, they are free to be exposed to very strong transference influences. But even if not in the same way, the same applies to the training analyst. Training analysis is an analysis with an aim, so in contradiction with the idea of any analysis. So what the Institute can evaluate when somebody wants to end their formation is personal analysis. That was the main reason to abolish training analysis in the French Association in 1972. Consequently, all candidatures to the formation in the French Association Institute are taken into consideration, even analysis with non-IPA members, which does not mean, of course, they are accepted. They are considered. But there is a prerequisite for the candidature. The analysis should take place, or having taken place, three times a week. If I'm commenting on this, it's mainly because the so-called French models is sometimes understood as a quite complete dysregulation of training analysis. As far as I know, the French association is the only IPA association having completely abolished training analysis and the function of training analysis. But the institute and the institution has certainly a say on the evaluation of the personal analysis of a candidate to the institute, which means acceptance or refusal of the candidature. Imposing the rule of three times a week analysis is a way of taking into consideration that the analyst of the potential candidate is also immersed in a transference net that he has, let's say, an unconscious, and so to limit his or her omnipotence. To put it in a very caricatural way, I'm such a good analyst that an analysis with me can take place once a week. One last point. The abolition of training analysis and the function of training analysts was not an ideal solution to the problems of the question of the personal analysis in the formation of psychoanalysts. It implies, of course, other questions and many other difficulties. There is no good way. 